listeners, come see Vicious Cycle perform live. We'll be performing or bluffforming at the Talkies Comedy Show in Oakland on Friday, September 14th. Talkies is the Bay Area's best unconventional, experimental, and multimedia live comedy event. We're super excited. Uh, that's the Talkies on September 14th. Find out more info on our Instagram or Facebook, and we'll link to the show and tickets. Now, let's get on with the pod. Hey guys, this week we're doing an episode on trans folks with periods. And to do that, we are bringing you interviews with two friends of ours, Nick Sommerfeld and Lucas Waldron. You'll hear Lucas at the end of the episode, but first we start with Nick Sommerfeld, a Bay Area performer and writer. Enjoy. Hello, listeners. <laughs> Welcome to Vicious Cycle. I'm your co-host, Meg H. And I'm Meg T. And sadly, we don't have Kate in the studio today. She died. She's, she's no longer with she's us. She's no longer with us. That um, is a joke. It's no, a terrible joke. It's worst joke we've ever um, made. But we have a, a friend of the podcast we do. here with us yes, in my do. cement bunker, a.k.a. apartment. <laughs> our friend Nick. Yay. Thanks hey, so much Nick. for being here, Nick. I oh, don't know nice. why I keep eating. We're recording right now. <laughs> I'm just going to hold the celery stick for the rest of the time. When we record episodes, we have delicious snacks we lay out, and then we just stare at them but while we give worry. the podcast. They pick the crunchiest snacks yes. possible. I know, we really do. Like <laughs> celery. And we've got some apples. Some crackers. Oh, God. And we really don't think about, like, no. No, appropriateness of podcasts. We're terrible food. at this. We really are. <laughs> Um, okay. <laughs> well, Meg. Meg. <laughs> this is nice. This is be easy. Is, oh, I realized something. Yes. Yes, This Nick. morning before when I found out that sadly Kate wouldn't be here. Yes. Today's <laughs> podcast is M&M. Oh! Now, why don't we have M&Ms? Well, we got a pretty exciting episode today. We do. Yeah. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. Um, we invited Nick to come and talk to us because Nick is a representative of the greater community of bleeders. Yeah. When we started this podcast, we recognized that women aren't the only people who bleed. Yes. And like we wanted to make sure that this podcast wasn't just, you know, a very gendered Cis, female central. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Yeah. Uh, we're so glad to have Nick on Yay. to discuss what it's like to be a bleeder who doesn't identify as a woman. Yes. Yeah, and honestly, that's one of uh, my favorite things, even from the first podcast, was that oh. it there was never like, this is the podcast about bleeding for women. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, no, people who bleed. Yeah. And I really appreciated that because it certainly didn't feel like, well, this isn't for you. Good. Because a <laughs> lot of, um, you know, menstruation centric things yeah, totally. <laughs> are very much focused at uh cis women which yeah. Yeah, makes sense but yeah so yeah we'll get into it mm-hmm. <laughs> um so first off uh i wanted to um ask you about how you identify i feel like i'm still learning about the differences between being trans and being non-binary or the things that like connect those two words together um, so you identify as non-binary. I do. Um, now, I, 
I consider non-binary to be under the greater trans umbrella. Got it. Um, so, and it's it's a personal preference for most people whether they claim the word trans or not. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are tra- they're very much trans men and trans women, but then sure. there's sort of everything in between. And some of the people between claim the word trans, some people don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I generally consider that in between to still be under the trans umbrella. Uh-huh. Um, now I consider myself non-binary, uh, but I also consider myself trans-masculine. Um, and so within that, I do claim the word trans as I wear my mighty, mighty trans trans t-shirt. Sick yet. Yeah. Uh, so I certainly claim the word and consider myself a part of that community, Uh but in no way do I consider myself a trans man. Right. So that's like, that's the big, uh, difference in my mind. Yeah. And just I guess as a clarification when I say transmasculine I mean like I've undergone top surgery right. so like I've made efforts to appear more masculine without the end goal being a trans man yeah 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 so I would say that's the big uh, distinction in my mind yeah because uh, when I say non-binary I truly mean like somewhere in the middle uh-huh. yeah uh is really where i identify i think the ideal for me is to live in that um what did i i was talking to a friend about this earlier and i said i think you know ideally i'd like to be pictured more as a like gender amorphous alien than like <laughs> yeah. a man or a woman sure. yeah that's awesome i've heard yeah. it described that way yeah i had a coworker um who was reading this like cool science fiction book about this alternate universe where there were three genders and this teacher was like yeah I kind of like that idea like identifying as like that third gender that's like not the binary it's like Mm -hmm. an other thing well and it exists in other cultures just not western culture like there is two spirit which is that Uh but the native american version um and I think in parts of Asia there was uh, recognized a third gender but the westernization kind of stigmatized it Uh uh-huh um, so it's it's not a concept that's totally foreign to the human race, mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. foreign to the, like, Western consciousness. I think that's a good point that you make, though. Like, trans people should be able to express, like, all forms of themselves just like any cis person. Because, yeah. like, as a cis woman, I'm a, I, I grew up in a household that accepted, like, women who play sports. Like, my dad was a women's high school basketball coach. My mom's... The whole job is centered around sports so like we grew up in a household where we were allowed to like wear dresses and play basketball and like do all the things and like experience like a whole spectrum of like what it meant to be a cis woman so I think that's like important to remind people like it's a spectrum for everyone and and I mean yeah. I think that's a key point of conversation right now in the trans community mm-hmm. is not limiting yourself i i know a trans girl who just cut all her hair off and has mm-hmm. really embraced being like a butch punk rocker That's cool. and i think you know and i'm so proud of her for feeling comfortable yeah. doing that mm-hmm. you know not feeling like she has to have the long hair and yeah. be like so feminine presenting mm-hmm. to be the badass woman she is yeah right. so Ugh. you know it's it's something that uh as all of this hopefully becomes more and more just like known about and socially yeah. acceptable and in the social consciousness, hopefully the strong presentations that people feel they need to make will diminish a bit and we'll mm-hmm. all be able to just kind of 
live in a fluid, fabulous yeah. state. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen. That sounds great. <laughs> Let's dive into periods. All right. Nick, um, do you still get a period? Uh, tragically. Mm, I'm so um, sorry. Sorry. It's okay. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, unfortunately, it's probably the most dysphoric thing I still deal with. Yeah. Um, and I hope it doesn't go on much longer, but there's not exactly a rhyme or reason to like, and exactly in 2.5 you know months of using you know testosterone yeah. or like whatever oh, you're on tea. so i am on tea Got it. um but i'm on a super low dose because Got i'm it. not trying to have rapid changes yeah right. um and so with that there's not a like well it's definitely going away at yeah. this point eventually right. it probably will Got it. but there's not a like set right yeah, yeah there's, there's no, like, no calendar yeah exactly follow. there's right. no calendar and especially because uh so with testosterone, you know, there are different doses and there's like, you can take a high level, you can take a low level, but it's also like how your body processes it. So mm. there's like, when you change doses, you take it for a while and then they like test your blood and see how much testosterone's in your system. So it's sort of a whole thing. Yeah. Wow. Um, mm. So they see what, where you're already at with your, the basically yeah. in your body naturally. Exactly. I didn't that's know that. Yeah. yeah. So they can like measure your testosterone level right. uh, kind of as you go on different um, levels of the medication. And I never wanted to like jump into a high dose because once again, my end goal was never being like, and now I'm Trans a dude. Guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was always like, I want some of these changes, but I'm also not looking for like one, two. Yeah. And now I'm to the other extreme. Like, so, so I've been on a really low dose for a little while and, uh, I definitely have less, but they haven't completely gone away. Okay. And, uh, it's a bummer. Yeah. Um, and I would say one of the hardest things about it is that I don't often feel I can talk about it. Mm. Like, you know, it's one of those things where it's, in in the comfort of like a close friendship, I feel like I can be like, this is happening and it sucks. Yeah. yeah. But I can't go to like any woman and be like, oh man, this is happening. Yeah. So yeah. shitty, right? Because all of a sudden it's like, oh, now I can gender you. Right. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And so it's like yeah. this weird thing of like, I feel like I have to hide it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, because it doesn't conform to my gender expression which sure. is like a weird dysphoric fun thing to deal with right. um so it's yeah uh i do still have it i wish i didn't mm -hmm. uh and i hope that at some point i don't anymore yeah but i'm also like i mean comfortable enough with it obviously to talk about you two to talk yeah. with it to you two yeah. but um and our listenership and our listenership listenership <laughs> Uh, but it's, yeah, it's not like, uh, I don't know that it's an exciting thing for a lot of people, but it's <laughs> definitely like, not only like, it's the bummer of like, oh, this is happening. And also like, I don't feel like I can talk to anyone right. about it. Yeah. So it's kind of like double bummer. Yeah, totally. totally. There's that added layer there. Yeah. Do you feel like, um, you don't want it because it doesn't fit with your gender expression, but also like if we lived in a society where it was more acknowledged that like 
bleeding is not like a specifically female thing to go through like or is it just that you're like I just don't want to freaking have it anymore uh, you know to be fair I hadn't really thought about that yeah um it's entirely possible that it wouldn't bother me as much if it wasn't considered so feminine like if it wasn't labeled as like this is the thing cis women do yeah yeah um if it didn't come with that maybe it wouldn't bother me as much but also like in general, like I'd rather it went away. I think like, a lot. I think a lot of this women connect. Right, exactly. That. I'm not like this is the best. Yay. I'd keep it around if it wasn't just so gendering. <laughs> um, I know because we just did all these episodes about tampons yeah. and like just like always keeping in mind that like the podcast isn't just for like cis women and. But the fact that we're talking about what is typically known as feminine hygiene products, I'm like, we have to think oh, of a new word yeah. to talk about them. I didn't think about you that. You know, they're like, no. good call me. Menstrual products. Menstrual products. Yeah, yeah. that's better. That's just, and it makes more sense. Yeah, it honestly does. I, like, feminine yeah. hygiene products always Deodorant. seemed weird to me. Yeah. Like, because it was mean? like, right. uh, soap. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. Shampoo. Yeah. Like, so many things I could know. fall into this. A but loofah? it's like, what is that? well i remember like younger being like what like where are the like you know in the store like oh they're in the feminine feminine hygiene products and being like what What like because it keeps you clean but it it just absorbs yeah how does it it just takes care of your blood it should be with band-aids right like (laughs) i mean if anything it's like yeah I just need a Band-Aid for the bleeding that's happening. <laughs> right. yeah. So yeah. that seems right. right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> right next to the Band-Aid. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Actually, this is a good segue. Do you feel like there are certain types of products that benefit non-binary folks um, that are, like, maybe not as gendered or just more comfortable? I don't know. I will admit this isn't a topic of conversation that frequents <laughs> the, um, say. the trans community. Like when you're in, at your um, communal table all yeah, together. When, when, me, at lunch table. when me and my non-binary peeps <laughs> hang out at the lunch table <laughs> talking about all the queer shit, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. we're always like, so menstrual products, right? Uh, I no. knew it was like that. <laughs> Not so much. Um, no, and I think, you know, I, I do think it is a a thing that's probably a little different for everyone. Yeah. Uh, for me personally, I've stopped using tampons because that feels, I don't know, weirder somehow yeah. at this yeah. point. Um, so my favorite thing at this point, I mean, like, uh, you know, in a pinch, I'll use a normal pad. But mm-hmm. my favorite thing at this point is the underwear that just has it like built in. Thanks. Like thinks yeah. um, because it's just putting on underwear. Right. It yes, doesn't feel right. like I'm doing this other thing. Yeah. Um, because this is happening, it just feels like oh, this time I get out this pair of underwear. Yeah. yeah. And uh, wear these instead. Right. Continue um, with my day. Do 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 do. Yeah. So yeah, I use thinks and I use Paddocks, which is another brand. Oh, cool. Um, and so I have like I have a set like I have two two thinks and three paddocks um okay. and so like those usually get me through and if i Cycle. you know i usually have like a panty liners around if i need them but right. that usually sort of gets me through and it doesn't i don't have that feeling of like i'm wearing something or i've yeah. like put something in like it's yeah. just like now i'm wearing underwear yeah right it's different underwear it's maybe not my 
most comfortable underwear mm. but it's just a different pair of underwear yeah. and that's cool. that's what i found to be the most comfortable yeah um so nice yeah, yeah i've heard trans folks being kind of frustrated about like the super pink and purple like packaging that a lot of stuff comes in. Yeah. Um, I just recently bought some organic tampons from Target and I kind of appreciated that they're um, they have like palm fronds on the outside. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that's yeah. not like that's not a gendered like yeah. pattern, I would right. say. And I find that much more calming. I agree. You know? Like, oh, it's like I'm. I know they're super cute on the, the beach. We can see yeah. them. We can see them from here in my bathroom. Yeah. They're super oh. cute. They go with my motif. <laughs> Ooh, stylish is, bathroom motif. You know, really the important part when you're picking out tampons. So. I agree. To match the bunker motif. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Also, Absolutely. like those pinks and purples, that feels like it's so geared toward like 13-year-old girls. Yes. That feels weird to be an adult woman. Like, I'll get this polka dot pink packaging. <laughs> that is one thing that I always found kind of weird. Like, it didn't yeah. bother me as a preteen. But yeah. like, when I was in like my early 20s, I remember being like, do, do we do you still buy the same ones I when know. you're an adult yeah. like because it feels version? weird yeah. to like but uh really it's just the same one yeah, yeah. it's with like the like have... cheesy package okay yeah, yeah i know it's like when you have a relative who like keeps talking to you like you're a child but you're like yeah. 30 yeah you're like, like i'm actually how's an meg t doing <laughs> you're looking good okay Uh-oh. we don't have to talk like that right now i think meg's gonna have open. her read my labias later listen uncle dave no, I'm just <laughs> one yeah. question we had was like how do you feel like the non-binary experience is unique in terms of menstruation and also what do you wish that cis people knew about the experience that we don't know i mean I would say probably the biggest thing that maybe cis people don't realize um, or that would be helpful to know is that uh, I think there's an assumption of like, well, you start, you know, especially for anyone who starts testosterone, it's like, well, you start testosterone and then it goes away. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's not really how that works. Yeah. Um, And some people have it for like years after starting testosterone. And it all depends on your body and your hormone levels. And also, you know, there are people who get hysterectomies Mm -hmm. and there are people who don't. And there are people who who keep that and there are people who will be on testosterone for a while and then go off. Like I know people who in the community who have been on testosterone for a while went off and then had to go through sort of a whole, their own like kind of go through an experience of whether they wanted their period again or like when it came back, how they felt about it, (laughs) wrapping it all up. Uh, (laughs) The big thing I think is just that like hormone therapy isn't something that everyone does and it isn't a quick fix and not everyone gets uh hysterectomies like these are all it depends on the person it depends on their body and what it can handle there's not one way of being trans and there's not a like formulaic process Mm -hmm. so i think that would be the thing that i would say like don't assume that someone is bleeding. Don't assume someone isn't bleeding. Like, there's so much else happening there. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you feel like, like, being able to talk to other trans people about this is something that you wish you could do more of? Do you feel like it's a taboo in the community that, like, needs to be kind of dealt with? Or do you think it's more, like, 
just about building trust with anyone, no matter who it is, to be able to talk about. I mean, I would say that it's more of a societal thing yeah. than it is like specifically in the trans community because mm-hmm. I think if periods were more talked about in general, mm-hmm. they would be more talked about in the trans community right. as mm-hmm. well. It's um, more just the same taboo that we all deal yeah, with. Yeah, I think it's I think it's the same got it. yeah, yeah, the same taboo yeah. that everyone deals with of like here's this thing that happens all the time yeah. and for some reason we're not talking about it. Yeah. And why is that? And yeah. it's weird. So I would say that's the main stigma, if anything. Yeah. This is kind of changing gears, but I meant to ask it earlier on. But I'm curious, like, what your periods were like before tea. Like, were they kind of your oh, run-of-the-mill yeah. period? Right. Not at all. How oh. Um, I had very strange periods. Ooh. You and Meg T both. Hey. Hey. Meg, is a, um, Meg T is a strange period haver. I am. Um. So, okay, well, I'm going to... I'm going to take it back a little. Oh, good. <laughs> Let's go back. Way go back. Go back with me. To baby uh, Nick. Baby Nick. <laughs> uh, well, so kind of similar to, I think, Kate, what Kate talked about on earlier episodes. Um, I started birth control really young, mm. um, partly because I had crazy irregular periods ah. and partly because acne. Mm. And so I actually was on birth control like my like I know a lot of people who were like were on it for a while and were off it for a while mm. no 15 until age 15 until next week wow. I have been on birth control Whoa. my entire like adult life wow. <laughs> I'm getting uh, my implant on removed on next Thursday wow Whoa. yeah how are you feeling um you know it's it's really like it's really strange it's so funny because like i pretty much i was leaning toward getting it out and then i started listening to the podcast and i was sort of like yeah it is weird that i've been on it like my entire adult life like i don't know what it's like to not like i don't know if i have hormonal emotional side effects or anything like that because i've literally been on it since i was 15 like you're normal yeah thing yeah so i'm curious to see what that's like yeah um but yeah i i have always had super irregular periods a few days here longer here Mm -hmm. then not for a while Mm -hmm. uh whenever they really felt like it it was very inconsistent um i will say i did find out part of the reason that was the case oh Oh. (laughs) Meg and I just turned to each other and made the same exact face. Oh, do tell. (laughs) All right, guys. I'm going to blow your minds. Uh Oh, 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 God. God, I'm excited. My beer is empty. What am I going to do? Do you want to get another beer first? I mean. I could get us all. Okay. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Time out. Okay, great. This is vicious cycle break because. Vicious. 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 Vicious Cycle! Vicious Cycle! Hi everyone, it's Kate popping in. I'm not dead. Um, just popping in to say that you'll have to wait till the next episode to hear the absolute bombshell that Nick dropped about why their periods are so weird. Again, that's going to be next week's episode. It's so crazy. I'm so excited for you guys to hear about it. 
But next, we want to bring you our second interview of this episode. It's with Lucas Waldron, who is trans. He's a journalist in New York City, and we know him from USF and from various comedy gigs. Um, so here's some highlights from that interview, which was conducted by myself and Meg Trowbridge, because this time Meg Hayes had died. Um, and by the way, the sound quality on this, you guys, is not great, which is totally my bad. Lucas does not live in an underwater bubble. I just don't know how to work Skype. Lucas, we're so excited to have you here on Vicious Cycle. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for being here. You're the best. No problem. If only I was physically there. I want to talk about your period. Um, Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's get Um, in there. (laughs) So. Not not literally. It's not like go in, but let's go around. Let's go about it. Uh, Was there a time when you decided to, that you were, you know, that you wanted to go by Lucas? Um, was there a time when the periods became more of an issue with your gender identity? Or? Yeah, no, I mean, once I started transitioning, it became a much bigger problem because, um, well, I just started to feel more and more like I didn't want this thing happening. Like I didn't identify with, you know, female bodiedness, and I certainly had no intention of ever, you know, having children, um, uh, and so it's just like it's very unnecessary um, and annoying. There's just like so much to navigate when you're transitioning and you're dealing with bathrooms. Like, mm. you know, I would obviously I would just use tampons. There were no diva cups at this time. Maybe there were. I didn't have them. Um, and so you just have to deal with like changing your tampon in the men's bathroom if you're going to use the men's bathroom. And and men's bathrooms like don't have trash cans in them a lot of times, mm-hmm. which I still find to be very strange. So then you're like, oh, great. I have to, like, deal with this tampon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, historically, men just don't generate garbage. Yeah, That's, men, are, men yeah, have no they garbage. They don't generate garbage right. at all. They, they just are garbage. So. <laughs> you said it. Preach. You said it. So in 2012, you went on testosterone. Um, I did. Talk about what that does to someone's period. In theory, taking testosterone at a high enough dose means you will stop having a period altogether. Um, most trans guys would find that their periods go away. Um, mine never would fully go away. It would sort of fluctuate and arrive spontaneously. Like spontaneously, like not like some months yes, some months no. Yeah, like three months of nothing, and then suddenly I'd have like periods for wow. like, you know, never for a full like really long cycle, but like for like three or four days. For the four and a half to five years that I was on T before I had a hysterectomy, I would still have periods like pretty often, unfortunately. You know, one of the other things I'll just throw out there, not that you asked, but like this isn't a problem for me, because I, you know, am in a relationship with, like, a cisgendered woman, but a lot of trans guys have, like, romantic relationships with cisgendered men, and so then you have, like, even more issues with periods. Like, if you're still getting your period, you have, obviously, a risk of pregnancy, which yeah. opens up all these other really big problems um, for trans guys. A lot of trans guys that I have talked to have had to think about you know, their periods in the context of uh, actually getting pregnant um, and, then and like, planning around. Yeah, like all the ways you have to prevent that so much of it is hormonal, which I assume must mess with taking tea and... Yeah, so I think there's like, once you expand the conversation beyond just like the physical act of bleeding, then you have to deal with like all of the obvious 
stigmas and weird shit that will come up if you're like a trans guy trying to access birth control mm. or, uh, you know, do, like figure out a way to not get pregnant if you're having sex with a cisgender man. One great way to deal with that would be a hysterectomy, but that's, that's very, very inaccessible to most. So let's talk about the hysterectomy. I decided, I think, from shortly after I had top surgery, I knew that I wanted to have a hysterectomy, but it wasn't a priority because health, I didn't have health insurance that was going to really cover it. So but then when I was in grad school, luckily the UC system just has great trans coverage. So, That's awesome. Uh, so I was like, ooh, this is my opportunity to have um, a hysterectomy and actually have insurance cover it. So, um, wow. That's amazing. Good job, University of California. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. The hysterectomy surgery, I don't, just as a PSA, because I, I didn't know this until I had a hysterectomy, is fucking crazy now because science has expanded. Basically, you get these two little incisions that are made on the side of kind of what I would imagine to be sort of like above your ovary on each side. And then the surgeon goes through your, like, belly button. Like, they have a hole in the belly button. They put these little robotic arms through, and they use these little tiny like, yeah, they're arms. They're like little robotic arms. And uh, they wrap up your organs in a plastic bag, and then they pull them to the top of, like, your belly button incision, and they take these little, I don't know if they're, I don't know what the tool is called, these blades, and chop it up into really fine pieces so that it could actually be pulled out of the tiny incision hole. And then and then they just pull it out within the plastic bag. They are just chopping up the uterus inside your body and then and inside then of a plastic bag inside of your body. Meg's face right now is just like frozen in I don't out. know what. My <laughs> eyebrows will never go down again. Also, Dude. I keep picturing like I'm sure they're less robotic than I think, but I'm imagining like Westworld tiny arms, but they're like fully formed <laughs> yeah. like hands, you know. <laughs> um, honestly, they're probably not that not that far. My operation actually did not go through my belly button. The surgeon told me that had I had had children, my uterus would be too large to come out through the vaginal canal. And it would have had to be a situation where they cut open by your belly button and they have to use these robot arms to like cut it into little pieces and pull it out through this incision by your belly button in a bag, in pieces. Okay, so how, 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 how is a uterus not big enough to come out of the vaginal canal, but a, but a baby is? Like, how? Well, can't, I think it's because you're not dilated. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Thank you for answering the question. <laughs> I was like, I don't yeah. think they've thought this through. <laughs> uh, and apparently it's hard, also, especially when you're older. Your, like, uteruses are harden with age is what my surgeon told me and especially if you've had if you've used your uterus a lot <laughs> it, it gets harder and that's part of the reason why they have to cut it up they can't like squish it out uh. <laughs> well lucas waldron thank you so much for being on vicious cycle you're well, a mensch you're a mensch and we really appreciate uh hearing you know from from someone who's experienced periods who no longer gets them yeah uh, yeah, no problem. I hope that in your quest to fully understand the period, I've helped bring you just one small step closer. Your description of hysterectomies will lose me some hours of sleep. <laughs> <laughs>
So now I'm back in the studio with the Megs to, what do you guys think about all that? Wow. Just to clarify, Lucas did have his uterus exit through the vaginal canal the vaginal canal yes but But his mom his mom who also had a hysterectomy they chopped it up and pulled it out and actually another thing that lucas mentioned which is so interesting is that he still has ovaries most people when they get hysterectomies they keep their ovaries because ovaries generate um your hormones and it's like super necessary and um he said and the doctors warned him or told him like usually you don't get your ovaries removed and if you do then you have to kind of have hormone therapy for the rest of your life Mm -hmm. and so Lucas still has his ovaries um and so I still wondered if he still ovulates and I looked it up and you do when you Mm. when you still have your ovaries but not a uterus you do still ovulate so that's just interesting it just doesn't go anywhere interesting wow yeah but the body so he still has a cycle technically yeah but with testosterone maybe eventually that'll be shut down yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Wow. wow That's all mind-blowing. It is. My eyebrows are still up. Still up. Oh, and we came up with a new round of rapid-fire questions we decided we wanted to ask our guests. So here are those questions. I hope you don't mind if you could personify your uh, period of yesteryear. Um, If your period could drink, what would it drink? Blood. Nice. Do you say blood? Yeah. That is the punkest, That's... most vicious thing I've ever heard in my life. Can you give your period of yesteryear an animal personification? Uh, d- uh, what's it called? A is spirit animal? Or oh, spirit animal? What oh, an anima? No, uh, it's a P patronus. word. Patronus, yes. Patronus. If your period had a patronus, what would it have been? <laughs> um. Oh, wow. Really good question. Um, <laughs> Hard-hitting stuff. Probably like a, like a large lobster. Like the kind you might get off of a boat uh, near, like, the coast of Maine. <laughs> so specific. I'm, you know, that's great, great. Was your uh, period Republican or Democrat? <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> well, I do resent the two-party option. Um, so I would In gender and politics. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say probably Communist Party nice. for obvious reasons. So, right. yeah, uh, speaking of communists, uh, we did an episode, uh, don't know if you've heard it yet, where we, we looked at periods, what they're called in other cultures and other languages, and in Denmark, uh, a period, when you get your period, people in Denmark say the communists are in the gazebo. <laughs> That's what they <laughs> That's say. can't flow. <laughs> it's wow. very, very Danish. Such an accurate description. Um. <laughs> and here's how Nick answered those questions. If your period could drink, what would it drink? <laughs> um, I feel like something, uh, something high alcohol content. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like something stiff. Like and maybe I, like, like a double IPA or something. Oh, well, no, because oh, my because, because my period's period's gluten-free gluten free yes. because yeah. I'm gluten free. Yes, yes, yeah. Yes. Hashtag celiac disease. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I was thinking maybe something like scotch or whiskey. I think. Lovely. I think, I think maybe scotch. I think my period would drink scotch. That's great. Like on the rocks. You have a classy period. Yeah. Yeah. It's like not messing around with any of like the sugary It's seen some shit. It's seen seen some some shit. shit. It's seen some real fucking shit. It just needs to unwind in a leather chair with some scotch. Exactly. Come on. Yeah. I like that. That's where it's at. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, if your period had a patronus. What would it be? A, a Patronus? Patronus. 
reason, patroness. I don't. Patroness. I. I think I thought of it so <laughs> often. I will re-ask oh the question, Nick. <laughs> if your period yes, had a, Nick. if your period had a patronus, what would it be? <laughs> um. The first thing that comes to mind, because I feel like it, it somehow embodies all of the nonsense that has come with my period, mm-hmm. is a porcupine. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I think it's a porcupine. Nice. Yeah. Good answer. Um, what political party does your period affiliate with? Mm. Um, I feel like it's pretty... I'm tempted... I, I think it's kind of neutral. I think it's uh-huh. sort of... It's sort of undecided. It it doesn't really uh, know what it's doing. I think a lot of the time. Yeah. So it's a swing I think vote. It's a swing vote. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I love that. Good to know. I think my period is apolitical right now. It's oh. like I don't want to. I don't want to have anything to do with anything. Mm. Mm. I I'm not. I mean, obviously. <laughs> I feel like we have to do a disclaimer. The opinions of our periods are not connected to. Right. Do not at all represent our, our personal opinions. political beliefs. <laughs> big thanks to lucas and nick for both opening up about their periods with us we're so glad you guys were on our podcast hey guys before we end the episode i have a surprise song for you what what What? no you don't Mm. oh my god here we go it's about what it's about what is it about (laughs) smells Oh, because last episode was about smells. Sour muscat food and dewy grass goodness. Condom smell, semen sweet sinful impureness. Antique rag laying in the dust for too long. (laughs) These are the words to my period smell song. (laughs) Fistful of pennies and bronze that is rotting. Street ultrahogany metal that's twisting. Warm dirt that's been in the sun for too long. <laughs> Join me while I sing my period song. No. Classic fish sauces <laughs> and sweet seaweed pennies. Sour blood, swamp soil, and a tad bit earthy. Coin purses left in the shower for too long. <laughs> We're really singing this period smell song when I'm bashful and embarrassed when I'm on the ride. <laughs> I simply remember my period smell song and then I don't feel so bad. You guys, thank you so much for tuning into Vicious Cycle. And remember, this is not the last you are hearing of Nick Sommerfeld because as promised, next episode, we are bringing you the crazy story that they told us. So floored. It's crazy. And we'll get into it next week. Your mind is going to be blown. In the meantime, like us on all the social media and keep calm and tamp on.
Our theme song was performed by The Go Ahead. Check out more at thegoaheadmusic.com.